This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up. This is an L.A. Rams podcast. We'll touch on other SoCal sports news of merit, but it's mostly about the Rams here. Thank you for joining us. You can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. Let's get to it. Welcome, Rams fans, to episode 18. What do we have on tap? We have some random roster thoughts we'll share with you. We'll check in on some ex-Rams. We're down to our greatest play number two in our countdown. We have a sports pet peeve to share with you. And our fearsome four questions are back to this episode. Let's get through a roundup of Rams and NFL news First, OTAs wrapping up. I think the two guys that have really established themselves and shined during this period were Jacob Harris and Van Jefferson. Harris is clearly an incredible talent, and he's going to be a matchup problem. It's just a matter of, is he going to contribute year one? Right now, it's looking like he will. It's just a crowded field out there pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. So the question is, how many snaps is he really going to get? We have a long way to go until game one, but 
But that's just the trend that we're all seeing with Jacob Harris and Van Jefferson year two. One of the things the Rams liked about him was the potential for him contributing quickly coming out of college. That didn't really happen last year. He had a few catches, obviously. 19 catches, 220 yards with one TD. This could be a big year for him, though. Again, crowded field. How many snaps is he going to get with Tutu Atwell and Deshaun Jackson in the mix? Jacob Harris, part of the equation. But Jacob Harris and Van Jefferson, those are the two guys that stepped up during OTAs from what I have seen. It also seems like McVeigh loves Jake Funk. Had some really nice things to say about him after the OTAs. I'm going to pump the brakes on that a little bit because I remember we all loved Sam Rogers, the rolling ball of butcher knives. Jake Funk's a different beast, different type of running back. I hope he makes the team. But it's you can't read too much into a few comments by Sean McVeigh after OTAs. Pro Football Focus has been slowly releasing their positional rankings. This week it was tight end. Tyler Higby came in at number 18. I'd have him a little bit higher. The only reason he hasn't been a standout tight end is because the Rams haven't really needed him to be. But when called upon, he's done a great job and he's probably one of the better blocking tight ends. And I'm not sure how much weight Pro Football Focus puts on that. And from my observations over the last couple years, no pass catcher on the Rams has been ignored more while open than Tyler Higbee. That's on Jared Goff. I think we've all seen it if you watch the games. There's been many times where Tyler Higbee looked pretty wide open to me and was not targeted. Remember that period uh, a couple years ago where he had that five-game stretch I wonder if that was a result of someone tapping Goff on the shoulder and saying, hey, look at your tight end, buddy. But that has not persisted in Tyler Higbee's season last year. It was good, not great. We perhaps hoped after that five-game stretch the previous year it was going to be the new coming of Tyler Higbee. But still, he's a solid tight end. I love the guy. He's a complete tight end. Another observation from PFF's tight end rankings. Kyle Pitts comes in at number four. I know the guy is painted as a sure thing, going to be a beast, great player in the NFL, but number four already? Interesting. Preseason schedule, specific dates and times released August 14th, 7 p.m. with the Chargers at SoFi. August 21st, 7 p.m. with the Raiders. The Niners and Chargers play the very next day at SoFi, by the way. And August 28th, the Rams travel to Denver, 7.05, the start time for that one. Myself, I plan on being at that Ram-Charger game. I missed the Thursday night scrimmage at SoFi. However, had I gone, I might not have made it. I don't have a lot of tolerance for traffic fiascos. Apparently it was a nightmare getting into that parking lot. Rams better figure that out. This was a trial run, I suppose. I know they've had some concerts there. I don't know what happened. We may hear more about this. Let's hope they get it fixed by August 14th. Of course, these preseason games and most of the regular season games will be on weekends, but 
They better get it fixed for Monday night games and Thursday night games. That could be a real nightmare and a bad look. Probably not a good idea to schedule that for 4 p.m. on a Thursday, those preseason games on the weekend. Probably not going to be as challenging to solve the parking challenge. I see the Lions coaching staff was commenting on Jared Goff's wow throws. I also saw a lot of people mocking that comment. Snide commentary. Yeah, but who was he throwing to the other team? It was the defense making those catches. Silly comments like that. Kind of interesting. Jared Goff has always had that ability to make those wow throws. That has not been his problem. See, the Niners have already suffered three significant injuries, and because of that, they cut their OTAs short. Don't want a repeat of last year where virtually half the roster was on injured reserve. Quick spin around SoCal Sports. Max Muncy, an early MVP candidate, has been placed on the 10-day injured list. Boy, did the Oakland A's give up on Muncy too early. He had 245 plate appearances over two years for the Oakland A's. Hit five home runs. With the Dodgers over two full seasons and parts of two others, 96 home runs. Crazy. Gavin Lux. He's only hitting 242. He's got six home runs with 29 RBIs, though. It seems like he is contributing even more than that. Going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers do when Corey Seager comes back, who he's apparently two weeks away from a rehab assignment. He'll probably spend about a week on that rehab. So we might see him back after the holiday. Maybe that Marlin series that begins July 5th. Quick check-in on some ex-Dodgers. Kiki Hernandez betting 233 with five home runs. 29 runs scored, though, at the top of the Red Sox order. He had an 0-for-27 slump. So when you have an 0-for-27 slump, uh, that's going to that's gonna ding your average, and it's really hard to come back from. But Red Sox are doing well. He was always one of my favorite Dodgers. Uh, I think Kiki's going to be okay. Maybe the Dodgers will see him in the World Series. Another Dodger that was a favorite of mine, Jock Peterson. He's hitting 250 with nine home runs and 26 RBIs for the Cubs, who are in second place in the NL Central. So the Dodgers could see him in the playoffs as well. Clippers hanging in there. They bounce back with a win at home. So they're down 2-1 to to the Jazz as I speak. Want to do a quick wrap-up on NCAA championships for the 2021 year. The USC women wrapped up the Outdoor Track and Field Championship. Worth noting, the Men's Water Polo Championship, UCLA defeated USC. In the Women's Water Polo Championship, USC defeated UCLA. And in Women's Beach Volleyball, USC defeated UCLA. So those two buttonheads a lot in the championship rounds. Pepperdine managed to win two national championships this year. Men's Golf and Women's Tennis. And I will note, for what it's worth, the top three schools all-time NCAA championships remains One, Stanford, two, UCLA, and three, USC. Way to represent. Enough of that. Let's move on to some roster talk.
wanted to spend this segment discussing some random thoughts on the Rams roster and also take a look at some ex-Rams and see how they're doing. We'll call this random thoughts on the roster. How about that? Hey, let's talk about some ex-Rams first. Now, I gathered this information myself, reviewing rosters. And from what I can tell, there are 22 players originally drafted by the Rams on other teams' rosters. That number seems pretty high. I think the Rams have drafted really well. And of the 90 guys on the Rams roster currently, 35 of them were originally drafted by the Rams. The Rams also have 19 returning players that were originally undrafted free agents by the Rams. I am not including this year's guys because it's a little too early to give the Rams credit until these guys have stuck for a year or more. But 19 guys of these 90 were undrafted free agents the Rams identified and brought into the fold. That sounds like a pretty good number. How about those ex-Rams and where have they landed? Interestingly, two teams have three players originally drafted by the Rams. The Tennessee Titans, they just signed Janoris Jenkins and Josh Reynolds as free agents, and they've had Roger Saffold. So they've got three good ones. Saffold has been a cornerstone of that offensive line there, blocking for Derrick Henry. And the New York Jets have three guys, John Franklin Myers, LaMarcus Joyner, and Tanzel Smart. Notice I did not include the Cleveland Browns. They have John Kelly, John Johnson, and Troy Hill, but Troy Hill was not a Ram draft pick. There are also five players that were originally undrafted free agents who have made good on other teams. That includes Jake McQuaid and Malcolm Brown, Corey Littleton, Natrez Patrick, and Morgan Fox. So other teams are benefiting from the work the Rams have done, but but that's just part of the business. I also noticed something uh, as I was looking at the Rams roster and some of the old data. The Rams had a really strong 2019 draft. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they drafted eight guys. All of them are still in the NFL, and seven of them look to be significant contributors in the upcoming season. Taylor Rapp, could very well be a starter at safety. Daryl Henderson, I guess we'll call him a backup running back, but he's going to get his touches for sure. David Long, potentially the starting slot corner. Bobby Evans appears to be a starting offensive lineman for the Rams now. Greg Gaines, a big dude up front on defense. He rotates in and gets plenty of snaps, and that will continue. David Edwards, Fifth-round pick, starting guard. And Nick Scott, seventh-round pick, big-time special teams contributor, and and was on the field quite a bit late last year. So we'll look for him to continue to elevate his presence on the Rams' defense. And Dakota Allen, their last pick in the seventh round. He's playing linebacker for the Jags now. So that's a really great draft the Rams had. No superstars, but seven guys that are solid contributors on this roster and aren't going anywhere soon. Speaking of drafts, why don't we look at the 2018 draft? And the reason I bring up these guys is most of them are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the 2021 season. 
So the Rams have some thinking to do. Among those, Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen, who have both been a little more disappointing than the 2019 offensive linemen, David Edwards and Bobby Evans. Noteboom seems to be a valuable backup at this point. Micah Kaiser and Oko, two linebackers. They will both be unrestricted free agents. I don't think either of them will be a great loss. I doubt either of them are a high priority, depending on especially how Ernest Jones works out with respect to Micah Kaiser. But Kenny Young is also a free agent, unrestricted free agent. Rams acquired him via trade. Another 2018 draft pick, probably the one I'm most concerned about, Sebastian Joseph Day, who has turned out to be an incredibly productive defensive lineman. And if any one of these 2018 draft picks is going to be a focus, I would hope it's going to be Sebastian Joseph Day. Justin Lawler, also in that group, still on the roster, really fighting injuries. We don't know what he has, what he brings to the table. So I'm not going to say much more about him, with all due respect. Other unrestricted free agents next year, Corey Bajorquez. We don't even know if he's going to be on the roster this year. Johnny Munt. I think the Rams have the guys to replace him in place already. Darius Williams. That's a scary one. Might be why the Rams drafted Robert Rochelle. But I'm sure they'd like to keep Darius. Austin Corbett. Musical chairs up front, and now Corbett's at center. I hate to see him move on next year after one year at center for us. And Deshaun Jackson. I personally would be happy if we got one good year out of the guy. I think that's what the Rams are expecting. So I don't think he's a big concern, especially at his age. Shouldn't be worrying about retaining him next year. But in summary of all of these unrestricted free agents coming up next year, who would I have on my radar? Darius Williams, Sebastian Joseph Day, and then Austin Corbett. Probably in that order. Hard to find cornerbacks that can produce like Darius Williams. But Sebastian Joseph Day, he's a solid guy up front. He might be hard to replace as well. And that is our random roster thoughts for this week. How about we do our fearsome four questions this week? I think I have four good ones here for you. Fearsome question one. Someone asked elsewhere on one of the websites I visit, it might have been on Twitter, I don't even recall, but how many running backs will the Rams carry on their 53-man roster? There have been times where they carried three, four, and five, and I'm going to give you a flat-out correct answer right now. 2021, the Rams are going to carry four. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to jinx any running backs, but I think I know who the four are, and I'm pretty darn confident that's going to be the final number, four. Four running backs. Fearsome question number two. Who are the top contenders for the Super Bowl? I identified five teams. Five teams that I consider the front runners for the Super Bowl in no particular order. Bucks, Rams, Niners, 
Chiefs Bills. Feel pretty good about that. Leaving out some good teams, sure, but these are the five that, if I was a fan of any one of these five teams, I'd be feeling pretty good about the upcoming season. Fearsome question number three. Who will be the breakout star for the Rams on defense this year? I'm going with Terrell Lewis. He's been battling injuries, but when he was on the field, he looked pretty good. He looked solid. The Rams obviously had a lot of confidence in him. He's playing that edge position. Didn't rack up a lot of stats, but this could be the year for him. I feel good about his prospects. Fearsome question number four. Who will be the breakout star on the Rams offense this year? Now, when we think of breakout stars, we usually think of wide receivers, running backs. But I'm going to go with an offensive lineman. I'm going to go with Bobby Evans. I think he's going to establish himself as a solid offensive lineman and is going to be a big part of the Rams' success this year. Many people would be tempted to name one of those young wide receivers or maybe someone like Bryson Hopkins or Jacob Harris. But I think there's going to be so much competition for those receptions that it's going to be really difficult for someone to be a breakout star in that regard. So I'm going with Bobby Evans, the offensive lineman. Those are our fearsome four questions. Hope you enjoyed it. We have another of our sports pet peeves to share with you this week. For this one, let me take you back to September 2016. The Detroit Lions are kicking off to the Green Bay Packers. It's a pooch-style kick by the Lions. The ball is in play around the 2-3-yard line. So it's a live ball, right? Panic City for the Packers, right? Cover it and be downed at the two. Don't cover it and hope it gets into the end zone. And the Lions have a chance of covering it and taking possession. So what does the Packers' Ty Montgomery do? He he puts both of his feet out of bounds, lays down onto the ground, and grabs the ball. The result? A penalty on the Lions for an out-of-bounds kick. And the Packers get the ball to 40. Kind of crazy. Kind of stupid, actually. And why? Well, we'll look at Article 3 of the NFL rulebook, Ball Out-of-Bounds. Item 2 of Article 3, Loose Ball. A loose ball that is not in a player's control is out-of-bounds when it touches a boundary line or anything that is on or outside such line, including a player, an official, or a pylon. So this is the only rule governing when a loose ball is out of bounds. So what Ty Montgomery did was, by rule, make that ball out of bounds as soon as he touched it. So it's not necessarily a bad rule, it's that the NFL does not have a rule to cover this specific situation. The Lions executed a perfect pooch kick. 
They did exactly what a pooch kick is designed to do. Except for one thing. It was kind of close to the sideline, allowing a Packer to step out of bounds and lay down on the ball. The Lions should not be penalized in this situation. The kicking team should not be penalized. It's pretty simple. If you're going to cover that ball like that at the two-yard line with your feet out of bounds, it should be Packers' ball right there. Or Ty Montgomery can pick it up and try to run with it. So the NFL should address this. Of course, they don't really care, or they're not going to care, until this happens in a playoff game or even a Super Bowl. Can you imagine... Can you imagine a team kicking off? They're down by six, three or four minutes left in the Super Bowl. So they try a pooch kick. The receiving team, probably be the Patriots, right? Would pull this off, get the ball at the 40, convert two first downs, kick a field goal, put the game out of reach. That's when the NFL will change the rule. Or I should say, that's when the NFL will address this and add a specific rule for this situation. I'm not breaking new ground here. This has been covered by a lot of people, just not recently. This doesn't happen very often. The only two cases I'm aware of, curiously, both involved the Packers. The Packers pulled it off both times, one by design, another, I think it was partially by accident, but it worked out pretty well for them. So, shout out to the NFL. Just to add a rule about kickoffs that cover this situation, so kicking teams aren't penalized for pulling off a pretty darn good pooch kick. Let's get back to our greatest plays countdown. The greatest plays in the history of your Los Angeles, St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. We've gone through numbers 10 through 3 over the previous eight episodes, along with our five honorable mentions. You can visit our website, ramsup.com, to check those all out. This week, we're finally to number two. And this play is one that most of you were probably expecting to be the number one play. Number one will be a bit of a surprise because, as I've hinted previously, number one might actually just be my favorite play as opposed to the greatest play in Rams history. I will let you decide. But number two, number two is actually from the same game as number three, the Super Bowl. The year is 2000, Rams-Titans, and you guessed it, the tackle. The final play of the game The Titans drive to the Rams' 10. There's six seconds left. They're going to run one last play. Frank Wycheck, the Titans' tight end, runs upfield, trying to bring Mike Jones with him. Mike Jones looks over his left shoulder, sees Kevin Dyson running a slant across the middle, diverts, and just after Dyson catches the ball and seemingly is headed for the end zone, Mike Jones makes the tackle. It was really a very odd way for a Super Bowl to end. Very iconic play. And it was a play that, as a Ram fan, I'm watching that game and I'm like, is it over? Did we win? It's over? The Super Bowl is ours? 
And it took a few seconds to settle in, but once it did, wow, what a great play by Mike Jones to make it happen. And remember, the Titans had been driving down the field. I still see those visions of Kevin Carter and others crawling off the field. They are so tired of chasing Steve McNair, tired of tackling Eddie George all afternoon long. And that one final play, it seemed like it was all slipping away, a game the Rams had led comfortably at one point. One last play. Kevin Dyson reaching out for the end zone, but Mike Jones has him in his grasp. That's my greatest play number two. I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that, although you might think it should be number one. So please come back next week and I will share with you my favorite play number one. It's going to be a surprise, but I have a feeling a lot of you are also extremely fond of this play. Number one, next week. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And please subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.